Coming up on the WAC Podcast, it's week zero. Stephen F. Austin gets ready to play Jacksonville State from Montgomery, Alabama in a game on ESPN, and our own Kendra Sheehan is going to be there on the sidelines. Plus, women's soccer started this past week, and men's soccer and volleyball both get underway this weekend. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to another week of the WAC Podcast. I cannot believe it. As we record this on Wednesday, August 24th, we are three days away. Football season, it's not even, it's here. It's here. It's three days away. Stephen F. Austin is playing in week zero against Jacksonville State in Montgomery, a neutral site on ESPN. It'll be nationally televised. It is so exciting. Stephen F. Austin ranked top 10 in the FCS before this upcoming game for the preseason. And I'm going to be there. Like you mentioned, we're going to be doing a lot of cool things starting on Friday. So I'll fly out Friday and you want to be up to date on our social media push those notifications on for Whoa. the whack so like, so tell what are you going to be doing i yeah. mean that's that's the question i know right, right? And i'm actually not going to do anything no, but, and, 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 and again this is part of our newly branded whack road trip brought Absolutely. to you by geico Shout out to Geico for the sponsorship there. Whack Road Trip. It's going to be really cool. We're going to be going to a bunch of different big time games, visiting campuses, doing you know feature stories on various players and various sports. And we're also going to be highlighting a lot of athletes. So for this, to give you kind of a tease of what to hopefully expect for this weekend, Friday, I'll be arriving in Montgomery, hopefully giving you guys a look at the field and uh, talking to either you know Dennis Driscoll or head coach Colby Carthol ahead of this mat or ahead of this game and then you know Saturday it all it all goes down on Saturday we are going to hopefully get as so much are you, access are going to tailgate I mean, are they going to have tailgating going on? I don't know. We're going to, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things to still be worked out. It's, you know, it's a few days away, but, uh, you know, we're really going to try and see what we can do. Once you get get boots on the ground in Montgomery, then you have a better idea, of course. Right. This is, yeah, no, it's super exciting. Great exposure for the WAC. And not only that, it's our best team. It's a team picked to win the conference this year, nationally televised game. Now, Jacksonville State is a transitioning school like Sam Houston is this year. So they're not eligible for the NCAA FCS playoffs. Um, I don't know if they're eligible for their conference crown or not. Obviously, Sam Houston not eligible for those things with the scholarship uh, increase this year. Yes. But Stephen F. Austin, they are a really good team coming back. They have a lot of players on the preseason all-conference team. They had 12 on the preseason all-conference team. And you had a chance already – on this uh, week as we preview week zero. You had a chance to chat with B.J. Thompson on WAC All Access. Yeah, B.J. Thompson is a senior defensive end for the Lumberjacks, and he he's hyped for the season. He's done a lot. His main goal for the offseason that he had mentioned was putting on some weight. So he uh, he said he felt like he was playing small last season. So he put on about 20 pounds, and that said he, he said that required him to have six to eight meals a day wow. um, that he would cook. And he said mainly, you know, they lost 
to Jacksonville State last year when Jacksonville State was ranked 24th. It was 28-24. So they said there's still that bad taste in their mouth from that game that they want to go in. You know, they, they believe they can go undefeated this year, and obviously that starts at week zero. But he, he's, he's a fun guy, and uh, he makes playlists for specifically for each game. Wow. Um, so they'll be flying out on Friday, and then they'll likely be leaving after the game. But so he hasn't made that playlist yet. But uh, you know that might be something that comes Saturday. I pull B.J. Thompson over. We go through what he has on his playlist. <laughs> you know he might be locked in on the game by then. So maybe maybe after maybe after see you how the game know. goes. That's right. You know, but yeah, that's super exciting that you get to be there on the sideline in the stadium for that first uh, week zero game of the season. And right on top of that, we have uh, Thursday night games. So opening on Saturday with with SFA, but then Thursday night we have a couple of home games. We have Abilene Christian will be at home. Tarleton will be at home. So we'll get into that more next week. But it's football season. And the other kind of football Football. also started this week, women's soccer. Southern Utah, right out of the box, comes in hot. They uh, they go 3-0. This past weekend, and they have our WAC Women's Soccer Offensive Player of the Week. Sammy Sofania. Sure. Freshman. (laughs) Freshman. For the Thunderbirds. Yeah, so she... Back-to-back hat tricks. Yeah, I mean, I mean that'll just, get you player of the week. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So that was in their win over Elkhorn State back on August 18th and then Mississippi Valley State on the 19th. So back-to-back days, back-to-back hat tricks, um, you know, five shots on goal while all three shots, you know, on frame for Mississippi Valley. So that's exciting for her because um, not only is she a freshman coming in, making a huge impact, but also, you know, she's taking shots, and, and especially the one against Mississippi Valley, Valley State, you know, three shot attempts, three goals. So You know, that sounds like you and your uh, rec league soccer. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned it because uh, I had zero shots on goal. Actually, oh. no, I think I had maybe had two, but none of them went in. But uh, and, well, I'm more of a defensive player. And then our uh, defensive player of the week brought to you by Ticket Smarter, Kate Raffensperger from Seattle, UA defender. And they blanked two teams from the Mountain West in their first weekend, uh, 0-0 against Air Force, and then they beat uh, Fresno State in their second match. So no goals given up against two Mountain West schools. That's pretty good uh, defense there by the Red Hawks. So she is our WAC Ticket Smarter Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, One of the things I noticed uh, watching some soccer this past week, no overtime. Yeah, very interesting new rule that yes. the NCAA had put in, regu- in the regular season. In the regular season. Yeah. So it ends in a draw. It's a draw. That's it. There's no T. There's no golden goal. Very, I mean, as people who monitor the games, <laughs> you know, I guess we were talking that we can appreciate that as it's the final. But it is interesting because, you know, as more ties or more draws come come along in the season, how does that affect seeding? And, yes. you know. Yeah, and especially with uh, more teams in WAC women's soccer this year and only six go to the tournament and you know the additions of of southern the addition of southern utah and and now of course everybody is now eligible for the tournament tarleton added women's soccer as a new sport this year so that will be interesting to see as things go along now as we mentioned at the top of the show men's soccer also getting underway this week and uh we're doing uh, some instagram takeovers last week gcu women's soccer had the instagram takeover and we intended it to only be a one-day thing, <laughs> but as it turns out, uh, some bad weather in the Phoenix area. They were playing Hawaii 
and they halted the game and then picked it up the, the next day, which I had never seen before in the sport of soccer, to be honest. TBH, as TBH. they say. Uh, that uh, You see it in baseball or maybe softball, but I, had, I, I don't remember seeing that in soccer just because the nature of the game when you play a game of soccer, all, all the running that you do, you know, even though it, it was second half when this happened, having to get back up the next morning and be, you know, yes. not all tight or, you know, your legs ready to fall off the, the next day. Well, and, you know, that could be a total momentum switch. You know, Grand Canyon had the momentum on, you know, the night that they played. But then that next morning, what happens when Hawaii just comes out and, and you, you argue the fact that had we played this as a full game, you know, Hawaii might not have ever come back and, you know, whatever as you get into that. But I thought it was really interesting because I woke up the next morning and I was looking <laughs> at the WAC Instagram and I'm like, she's still here. She's still doing <laughs> stuff. And it was great. I mean, she gave us some great content, but I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Like, yes, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know what exactly the um, with our social media director Shelby Herndon, Herndon. Um, what, formerly Green Machine, formerly Green Machine, what the actual you know what she had said was she going to keep the Instagram live going and, yeah, and, and yeah. the takeover I guess not the live but it was great it was yeah. great Love and to then see it. then we got an inside look at you know how they got ready the next day you know then they're going to breakfast and, oh, and, yeah. to, and then they they beat Hawaii so that's an added bonus there as well. So the Instagram takeover this week is being done by Seattle U men's soccer. They start right off the bat with a road trip to Ooh. Notre Dame. I mean, so fourth ranked Pete Fewing is not messing around. We, we, we tried to get him on. We tried to get him on last. One of our favorite guys to, to talk to here on the show. It just has, hasn't worked out. And we had some things going we on. We won't hold had it against going him. On. We'll have him on eventually. <laughs> But uh, they do open the season against Notre Dame, and that is on Thursday. That is uh, going to be at 6 o'clock uh, Central Time. So that's an exciting one to watch if you're a fan of the Red Hawks, see how they stack up against one of the top teams in the nation, number four team in the nation. And then they will stay out to east, and they'll play Kentucky on Monday. Oh, very interesting schedule that Pete Fewing put together. Some of our other teams are playing some big opponents. Air Force is taking on North Carolina that same Thursday. We have Utah Tech taking on Wisconsin. Let's see what other big ones. Grand Canyon, yeah, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech at, at Grand Canyon. Yeah. Nice, bringing in a big Power 5 ACC opponent. <laughs> so plenty of action to uh, check out there. Our first uh, – Match of the season is uh, UTRGV taking on Bryant. That will be the earliest to kickoff as we get started with men's soccer. Look at this. Air Force is just going ACC Central. They got North Carolina, then they're heading over to Wake Forest. Yeah, that's very uh, – the, both are in the ACC. Yeah, then they're going to the MVC, hitting so, up Missouri State. So, so they could <laughs> probably stay in the same hotel, I'm guessing, and play North Carolina and Wake Forest. Oh, that's true. Right? Because you, you, you have a sister out there. I do. I do. Over at oh, Wake Forest. I should tell her to check out that game and film it for us. <laughs> <laughs> do, do an Instagram live. Yeah. Maybe. maybe you and your sister. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. She's at the game. I'm in the studio. She's breaking it down. Well, you're going to be in Montgomery. I I'll thought. be in Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have that going on. Volleyball also getting underway, I believe, on Friday. And almost every team we have is involved in some sort of tournament this week. 
Yeah, those pre kind of, I guess, start of the season tournaments are a big part of, you know, those those tournaments, at least when I played, were a lot of, you know, putting together all the pieces that you learn, gelling together, seeing really where the glaring errors or the holes are. You know, you can kind of find that out pretty quickly, especially when you're playing in a tournament, you're playing multiple matches in a, a short amount of time. You can really learn a lot about your team relatively quickly. And much like men's soccer and some of our other sports, you're seeing teams open with some Power 5 schools. New Mexico State, the team picked to win the WAC in volleyball. They're at Arizona. Let's, let's not fool around match number one of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, right. We'll jump right in with both feet. And we, we also have, uh, I thought I saw, yeah, Utah Valley against Utah. That'll be a big one. Uh, Michigan against Utah Tech. Uh, that's going to be at a tournament at Northern Arizona. So those are some of the things you might see kind of a little crossover as well. Because Kansas State, Sam Houston. Yeah, Kansas, I believe Kansas and uh, Utah Valley all, are yep. also playing this week. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of uh, Power 5 schools playing WAC schools. So, you know, you get them, uh, like you said, early in the year, maybe they're – Checking out some different uh, lineups, some different uh, strategies. Maybe, maybe catch them. You know, if they're playing two matches in a day, maybe you know, get yep. get some quote unquote upsets. Yeah, if, you, if you're year. still looking at which setter, what formation, you want to go six two, six five, six one. You know, you're trying yeah. to figure those things out. Nice. Yeah, look at Kendra dropping the dropping the terms <laughs> volleyball knowledge. Dropping. Uh, speaking of this, as my rec volleyball league does play this evening, we yeah. are. We are, I was going to say undefeated, but we were defeated last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I, yeah, I got to check that off on my things, uh, things to know about Kendra here. So uh, one of the things we're also talking about dropping potentially, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it here, but we're getting, I'm told very close to having a Ooh, uh, conference uh, basketball schedule out uh, potentially even maybe next week. I mean, you know, now you have our listeners on the edge of their seats. Kyle McDonald has his ear to his computer right now. I mean, you know, we're we're waiting for it. I'm getting antsy. I'm ready for the schedule. But of course, you know, this is a big week. It's, we have football it, it, as, and as, as there's a, a lot person going on. who who formally did schedules in a conference. Yeah. It is it's a thankless job because <laughs> nobody ever likes their schedule. And it's also very tough when you have an odd number of teams as we do, 13. Yeah. And trying to make everything balance out and True. you're trying to make it so people don't have too many road games in a row. People don't you know, that the road trips make sense. And, you know, if you're playing Thursday, Saturday, or in, what, the travel makes sense. I mean, there's there's so many different things. And then you also have sometimes facilities aren't available. Sometimes maybe True. there's a concert booked at a, uh, oh, man. At, you know, somewhere, and they're not, they can't play on a I Saturday. I can't imagine. This is this is Drew Spira. Shout yeah, out he, to he him, is, our He is our basketball guy. Commissioner for basketball. So, I can't imagine doing that, so good for you. We can't wait to see what you come up with, you know? <laughs> we, well, and uh, so maybe by this time next week we're, we'll have some hoops to talk about. But uh, what we do have to talk about, as we mentioned, bringing it back around to week zero for football. Oh, yeah. You had a chance to chat with uh, several players and Coach Carthel from Stephen F. Austin back at WAC Football Media Day, which seems like a long time ago, but it's only really like a month ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it seems like it was like three years ago, but it was, <laughs> in fact, only like uh, five weeks ago, I believe. So you had Coach Carthel and you had uh, for Stephen, it was uh, Xavier Gibson. Yep. And also 
Brevin uh, Randall. Brevin Randall, the linebacker. So you're going to hear the, that interview. Brevin coming. linebacker. <laughs> Does he know Trevor linebacker? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they should get together. <laughs> uh, you'll hear that SFA interview with Kendra coming in next on the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the 2022 WAC Football Media Day. I'm Kendra Sheehan. We have our final member institution joining us, Stephen F. Austin, our preseason pick to win the conference. We have head coach Kobe Carthel, wide receiver Xavier Gibson, and linebacker Brevin Randall. Thank you all for joining us. It's been a long day, but we're happy to have you here. Great to be here, Kendra. You guys excited? I'm more than excited. I saw some logos that you guys drew earlier, so I know you guys have been having a little bit of fun at least. <laughs> They're better football players than they are artists. <laughs> I, I hope promise. so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Coach, I'll start with you. Expectations are high coming off a playoff postseason appearance. Preseason pick to win the WAC. You have the preseason offensive player of the year sitting beside you. What is kind of the initial expectations, I guess, of this team coming off of what was such a big last season? Hey, it was, uh, you know, great recognition here with the release yesterday and, and uh, with that comes, you know, some responsibility. But I think it's just a testament uh, to these players and the growth of our program. Uh, you know, three years ago we went to media days and we picked dead last and, you know, didn't think we'd even win a football game in 2019. And where we've gone from there to now a preseason favorite. Uh, again, just a great testament to, to the hard work these guys have put in and everybody associated uh, with our program there at SFA. So excited about it. Uh, they're, they're, you know, those are preseason. They don't really mean anything, but uh, lots to be expected. But that's, that's what you want. And uh, so we'll, we'll suit it up, tee it up there uh, week zero and take it one game at a time and see, see how things uh, shake out this season. You mentioned it, week zero, you're facing off against Jacksonville State, likely a top 25 FCS matchup. How does that game set the tone for what you guys are trying to do this season? Well, it's a, it's a very important game, you know, if, if you've got, you know, goals and expectations to play in the playoffs. Every, every game's important uh, with our s schedule. Uh, the way it sets up, you know, we'll play three FBS games. You know, this one will count as an FBS game. They've got 80, 85 scholarships. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a tall task, but uh, take it one game at a time. It's awesome to be able to play on national TV, represent uh, not just the WAC, but, you know, our institution. It's awesome for our players. Uh, that's a dream come true to play on national television. But uh, it'll be a great chance for us to showcase our program, our great university, and just uh, East Texas in general. Xavier Gibson, you earned numerous accolades last season. You led the FCS in receiving yards. You were our WAC Offensive Player of the Year. You earned our preseason honors, as well as Brevin Randall sitting beside you. How do you hope to build off of that success? Do you feel any pressure coming in, having all that you accomplished last season? Um, no, ma'am. I don't. I don't feel no pressure. But um, I try to maintain uh, what I achieved last year and try to build upon it. Overtime loss in the playoffs last year. We don't like to talk about the past, but yeah, how much? Yeah, thanks a lot, Kendra. Yeah, 
We've moved past that. <laughs> We've moved past it. <laughs> how much has that been used, though, as a motivator for you all? How much is that, you know, locker room, bulletin board material as we want to get back there and we want to go further than we did last year? Um, fuel. We use that fuel. We, hard, we work harder than we ever did. So, I mean, we use that and we still have a sour taste in our mouth for that. Finish is a word that we've talked about a lot. You know, we went eight and four last year, and those four losses were by combined combined eleven points, I believe. And and we didn't finish in those games. Offense, defense, special teams, and and had those opportunities. So uh, you know, we've we've worked hard. You know, to uh, finish the workouts, uh, finish spring ball, finish summer, finish practice, finish each game. And if, if we're able to finish, uh, we've got we've got a, a really good, really talented ball club, and I think we can. You know, erase some of those uh, tough losses from last year and enjoy some uh, fun times in 2022. I'm assuming one of those games that's going to be circled on all of your guys' calendar, of course, is the Battle of the Piney Woods. It was such a close battle last year, 21 to 20. Being that, this could potentially be the last Battle of the Piney Woods as we know it now. What are you most looking forward to for you, Brevin, as, uh, as that game comes around? Um, just looking to bounce back, you know, and just honor that game and just go out there and have fun, you know, and just remember what happened last year and just grow from it, go out there and try to end it with the W or whatever happens, you know. For you, Coach, how do you view that game as, you know, such a legendary battle between two rivals? It, it is It is a fantastic rivalry, and uh, it's, it's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, you know, we've, we've actually got to play that game twice since, since we've been here, and uh, each game, you know, we've – you know, had a lead in the fourth quarter. You know, we did back in 2019, and we did last year. And so that's that's on us as coaches. You know, we've got to have our team prepared to to play at a high level and play for 60 minutes, not 56, not 52, uh, but to play full 60 minutes. And there'll be some, you know, I was teasing with Coach Keeler and their players out there just a few minutes ago, just on what this game game means because it, it's going to be a while probably before it's it's played again with them moving. Uh, to, a, to a, a higher level, and it's, you know, challenge is on us this year. You know, they've got 85 scholarships. We've still just got 63, so uh, it'll uh, it'll be a fun one. A rivalry like that, you can throw it all out the window, scholarships, streaks, all that kind of things, records, and uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a great turnout. There was last year and should be a really exciting uh, game there October 1st. Absolutely. I can't wait. That'll be my first time actually getting to go to that game, so I'm so excited to see the energy. Now, Brevin, last year this team went 6-2 and two in the WAC. Those both lows, excuse me. Those both losses were separated by less than five points. How do you see this defense looking to build off of last year and keeping the Lumberjacks in those games and giving your offense a chance? Um, I'd mainly say just learn how to close games and finish games and stay together. You know, you face adversity and ups and downs, and as the game goes on, you know, you just realize what you got to do and make adjustments and. Learn how to finish, you know, people who make the most plays usually come out on top. So I feel like, you know, you go on, cut on the film and look at the last two minutes of the game. And you can kind of figure out, you know, what you could have done better. So, I mean, I think as we mature and everybody grows together and realizes once we're in those moments, how to overcome them, you know, moving forward. Last year, you had 40 solo tackles, one of the top tacklers on the team. How have you been elevating your game and looking to continue where you left off last season? I would say just work on my body, my mind, and try to get bigger, stronger, and faster. I mean, we got a really good defense, a lot of key players, a lot of guys that fly around, you know, got a nose for the football. So, I mean, collectively as a whole, you know, 
we don't really have somebody that just wows with stats or anything quite like that because everybody's just such a ball hawk and everybody has a role and understand it. You know, energy is contagious. So, I mean, it's kind of unique to see everybody make plays and not get jealous or feel some type of way when other people are making plays, but rather just try to embrace that. Coach, you return a core group of players from last season, including quarterback Trey Self. You got Xavier Gibson. A lot of your offensive weapons are returning. What are you expecting out of this offense, being that you guys had such a cohesive unit last year? No, there's a lot of expectation, a lot of excitement with our offense, and, and it's a blessing to re, you know return a starting quarterback. It's a, a absolute blessing to return one in his fourth year of starting, and so uh, you know it's been fun to watch Trey grow. Uh, within this offense, as a, as a player and as a, you know the general on the on the field, and, and just the surrounding cast around him, our offensive line I think is the strength of our team. Uh, we've got close to 100 starts uh, with those guys up front together over the last three years, and so I, I think that gives you a chance to, to be dominant in the run game and uh, you know hurt people in the passing game. And so uh, I think just overall over the last you know three years where that unit's come from, and, and we've had some real good some really good continuity uh, with our staff there. And so uh, I think it's going to be a fun fun unit to watch what the goal is, score one more than the other team. You know, if, if uh, it's a high-scoring game, score one more than they do. If it's a low-scoring game, score one more than they do. But they're going to be fun to watch every time that ball snap. Xavier, you and Trey Self already have an established connection. You led the WAC in touchdowns last season. How much does that relationship affect your performance on the field, and how much of an advantage is it that you two already have this established connection? Um, it started with off the field. You know, we built a brotherhood, a brotherhood from the jump as soon as we met each other. And since then, we just push each other to the highest, standard, uh, the highest limit that we can reach and just hold each other accountable. How much of it is you've played together, you've taken so many snaps together that it's, you know, do you kind of read each other's minds? You know where he's going to be, he knows where you're going to be. You can kind of make those plays that are, you know, almost like are these guys reading each other's minds right now. Oh, yes, yeah, so we can kind of, uh, sometimes we look each other in the eyes during a play and we already know where he's going to put the ball at or where I'm going to be at. So you can say that. Coach, you've compiled the top recruiting class in the FCS. Since you took over this program, how have you established a culture that is a winning culture and a culture of men that are willing to go to battle for each other each and every game? You know, it all, it all starts with recruiting, and, and there's a lot of great players out there, but you've you got to find the great people and, and uh, you know, find those uh, great players that have, have great character, not the great players that are characters, you know, and, and you only get one chance to get the right people in the building. And, uh, and I think we were very, very blessed and fortunate there, that first recruiting class, these two guys were part of that class and didn't just, you know, continue to hold them to a, to a high standard. You can't be a champion on the field till you're champion off of it. And we took this program over, the, the team GPA was 2.06, which that's two point terrible. Andrew, I don't know how long it's been since you've been in school, but it's not very good. And uh, these guys have done a tremendous job and, and have got our team GPA up over 3.0 and they're doing everything right off the field. And you know, we were one point away from putting a ring on our finger last, last fall and, uh, and, and they're hungry. And, and I think it's gonna be uh, a fun, fun fall for, for these guys. You know, this is the job we do, this is their team. And we've, we've uh, got a special team put together. So we're excited to uh, see, see what unfolds. Brevin, you guys went 5-0 and at home last season. What is it about playing in your home stadium in front of a home crowd that gets you guys so fired up? 
I would just have to say, I mean, it's just like that home vibe, the home feeling, you know, that your family's in the stands, you know, your support system's around, the campus is, is brewing, and people are fired up for football. So, I mean, it's just us in the locker room being where we are normally at, and just we practice there. It's just home. So, I mean, it's very comfortable, and you got some young guys coming around, and just more loud and active, and it's everybody's kind of just feeding off of one another. I feel like adversity is a little bit easier to fight through. When you look at your locker room and you look at the guys that you guys go to battle for every single day, Xavier, when you see that, how do you establish that brotherhood, that connection? Does it start with you? Does it start with Trey Self? Who does it all ultimately come down to? Um, it starts with what we do off the field. Like We just hold each other accountable. Uh, we make sure we don't make a lot of mistakes off the field, and they translate to on the field. And we just build upon it. You already have a lot of core returners, obviously, but where are some of the position battles taking place this summer as we head into you know summer camp and we get ready for week zero? Yeah, there's still some. You know, uh, we're very uh, non-discriminatory when it comes to playing time, and and you know, Brevin Randall knows he's gonna he's gonna start on defense if he's the best Mike linebacker we have, and so uh, I think that that helps you know kind of raise the bar in terms of attention to detail in our practice, in our summer OTAs, meetings, everything else. Uh, we didn't lose a lot on offense. Uh, we returned, you know, 10 guys that started at some point uh, last year. So uh, that, that, that side of the ball is pretty solidified. It was, you know, this spring we had some, some growth at a lot of positions. Xavier didn't go through spring ball. So, you know, Trey was, you know, he was finding other favorite targets uh, there through spring with our outside receivers and, and getting our tight ends involved a little bit more. And so I think that's really helped the growth of our, our offense there. Defensively, you know, there's, uh, you know, we're replacing a couple guys uh, up front and interior and, and at corner. And so there's some guys that have moved around that are double training and learning some, some other positions. And we've got some new guys, uh, old and young, that have, that have stepped up. So that's what's going to be fun during fall camp. Some of these guys maybe aren't going to take as many reps as they have in the past. They're established. You know, there's only so many reps, seven on seven, you need to do. But we can get some of these young guys and new guys in, see what they can do, and and uh, and gain some valuable experience for when the torch is passed uh, at at different positions. Brevin, for you, as you take possibly, you know, you take less snaps during you know the summer camp as you let other people get their opportunity, and then you guys get ready to play. What kind of role will you shift into? Will you be more of a leader? Will you become more vocal as you kind of help some of the younger guys get ready to where you are already at? Um, I feel like a role, even like this past spring that you know I took upon myself is just get like mental reps because I was also not practicing during the spring. So I mean, just standing in the back, trying to help guys out. I feel like I'm able to pick it up a little bit faster. But I'm not perfect. But I just try to help out, you know, with what I can. And I would just answer questions. If you play my spot or if you don't, if I don't know the answer, I try to, you know, point you in the right direction. But you know, even through like the camp, you know, I'd like to, you know, fulfill that role once again and just help young guys out. Or even if you're older than me, or you know, I have questions too myself. So. If I ask you, you know, you ask me, I kind of, you know, expect the same type of response. Xavier, last question for you. Hero Sports lists you as the number one FCS returning receiver. You have all of these expectations on you. You had seven plus 100-yard games last season. How do you keep a level head and focus on new season, new job? You got to get things done. Um, try not to be selfish. Uh, when I focus too much on myself, I mean, that can tend to hurt the team. Instead, try to bring the team along and try to use my 
goals and my accomplishments and push them to achieve the same. We keep him humble on the ping pong table. Oh. Okay, he's, he's taking a few L's there, and that kind of brings him back to reality, and uh, so that, 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 that helps a little too. He still don't want to play me, though. Is there, do we have a ping pong table in the locker room or in the football in, facility? In our team room. Oh, he's, okay. he, he's yet to beat his head coach. <laughs> beat me one we've time, we've only played me. once, but I'm not playing again. <laughs> so who would be the best ping pong player on the team? He's probably one of them. He is really, really talented. But there's, there's some pretty good guys that can put some spin on it. So I'm, I'm careful who I, who I play. Oh, okay. And I, I played him, I think, four days after surgery. It's the only reason I beat him. <laughs> Smart timing. <laughs> have you ever played, Coach? No, I have not. <laughs> He's taking a few on the pool table. Oh, my gosh. What I is in you, this? I played facility? you on the pool table. Yeah. He hasn't been back either. <laughs> Cried all the way home. Yeah, I guess that's how it went. <laughs> so it seems like this is it's a fun locker room but you guys certainly know when to switch gears turn into high gear and you know when it's time to focus and have the jobs you how do you establish that where you are able to you know have fun but then when it matters you guys can just turn it on well, I think life's short, you know, and you got to have fun at life, and, and uh, but you also do. I mean, there's there's jobs to be done, and those are some of the life lessons you learn, and, and you can you can enjoy your family, and you can enjoy fun times, and and create those uh, memories and and things going on. But when you do step across lines, you only have by NCAA rules so many hours, so many uh, minutes of a day that you're in meeting rooms or there. So it's time to crank it up uh, when you step across the line, plus two off, and and then let's get back to enjoying each other, and and uh, don't take yourself too seriously and uh, and have fun with each other because that's you know rings you know end up in a box in a in a safe or whatever but it's the experiences that you have through the game of football that are gonna gonna last forever and and yes some some guys are talented enough to set all kinds of records and everybody will always remember him because he set these records but more importantly the guys in that locker room are going to remember how Xavier treated them and how Brevin treated them the teammate that you are the coach that you are and the the you know helping hand that you lend these guys or they lend you I mean these guys inspire us as coaches as well it's not all just us mentoring the players and and uh, they, they've done a lot uh, for me personally and for our staff and and so that's what a true family is all about and so it, it makes it easy to crank it up when that ball's teed up and 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 you're you know, it's, it's going to be tough times and, and highs and lows of the football game when you love each other, you love the guy you're playing next to, you love the guy on the sideline. You know, I think that, that helps you be successful and, and take that next step as a program uh, to the top and, and win you a championship. Well, certainly you can feel the brotherhood and the connection that this team has. I want to turn it over to our media relations, Tony Jones, because we have some fabulous media who has some other questions for you. Going to give them a chance. Tony? Richard Dean of the Houston Chronicle. Coach, I know you guys have played some pretty tough teams at a conference and this year, you know, you, just talk about how you embrace playing tough opponents and, and also your opening game this year and exposure and what it means to the program to, to play uh, games like that. It's, it's why you play. You know, uh, you want to play against the very best. I think, uh, you know, 2020, we made the decision where our program was to push forward our, our administration, and, and uh, we got great support from our Board of Regents, our President, our Athletic Director. You know, they allowed us to play in that 2020 year. We played six 
money games. You know, FBS opponents who end up uh, six and six and four that year, and, and that was an awesome experience for these guys to play in the Liberty Bowl and the Sun Bowl and the Alamo Dome and, and those those type of games. And they, they prepare you for big games against FCS opponents. And, and every one of us, you know, goes into it, coaches and players alike, when you're playing up uh, with a little chip on your shoulder because those guys didn't recruit these guys, you know, and they want to prove they can play on that stage. And, and I think we were definitely able to do that uh, last year at, at Texas Tech. You know, we were six yards away from pulling off a, a power five, you know, victory and, uh, and everything. So this year, you know, getting to play six, excuse me, three FBS opponents, they've got more money than us. They've got more scholarships than us. It's a chance for us to go uh, knock a few of them off and, and uh, prove that we can, you know, coach and play at that level. And I think it and in turns when you when you have goals to play on into December, uh, it sets you up to, to play those tough games in the playoffs when you're you're playing up in Montana or Fargo or wherever the playoff road uh, may take you. You've played in big games before, and that's some, some very valuable experience. Coach, you sort of led off with where this journey's gone for you the last few years of being in this, this chair a few years ago. The expectations were a whole lot different. Now you're here this, this year. It's kind of flipped. How have you seen the team respond as they've gotten into this? Has that added, I guess, pressure, the added expectations? How, how have the guys responded to that as you guys are going through the preseason? I think they've done a great job just with their growth. You know, you can physically see the difference, you know, with what, you know, Coach Stoner, our director of sport performance, and our offseason programs have been able to do. These guys don't look like really good high school players anymore. They look like Division One football players. But more importantly, we don't have to coach them. I mean, this is a player-led team now, and that, that's a maturity level that, as a coach, you strive for to, to get your locker room right, to get the culture right, where if someone shows up late or isn't handling their business, I'm not having to handle it. These guys are handling it, and, and uh, that's, that's what, you know, good teams are led by coaches, great teams are led by players, and that, that's where we've got our program to now, and that's why you've got the, the preseason expectations and the, the lofty goals that we've set for ourselves, and, and now it's, you know, this is payday. You know, the season is what you work year-round for, and so uh, really looking forward to, to this fall because it, I'm excited for them, and uh, I want to I see these guys through getting, you know, walking across that stage with a, a degree from – Stephen F. Austin State University in one hand, a championship ring on the other. And so I think we've got a, a great opportunity to do that this season. We have no more questions, so I want to thank you, Coach Carthel, Xavier Gibson, and Brevin Randall for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Excellent. Thank Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.